Hey everybody, welcome back to the Punk Till I Die podcast, episode 199, Neil, marching towards 200. We are indeed, and uh, yeah, 200 is going to be quite the thing, but uh, 199 is going to be good too. Yes, of course you could get a hold of us at Punk Till I Die 77 at Gmail, or our Facebook group, or our Facebook page, or Passenger Pigeon, or whatever, however you want to get a hold of us. Neil? Yeah, remember, we, we got stickers, we got stickers so stuff. if you want right. stickers, right. just uh, let us know, and we'll be happy to send them to you, and there's t-shirts available on the Loud Pizza website, loudpizza.com. So, Neil, today we have a guy with us who might not be a household name, but is honestly a guy who's a rock and roll survivor who has been in a ton of bands, including one that yes. we've been ta- talking about a lot lately. <laughs> yes, he did, indeed. He did, time, he did time with Cheetah. He did time with Sylvain Sylvain. He, he's hung out with Billy Milano. I, I expect his most most famous thing he's ever done is played in a band with our pal Jake Pope. I imagine that was the highlight of his career. But we have it with Jason, <laughs> also known as Ginchy. Jason, how you doing, man? Good to have I'm you. I'm great. I'm great. So, so tell us – I got two things I want to ask you right off the bat. One of them is geography because you and Neil kind of shared some space in the 80s. But – other than that, where, what is the Ginchy nickname? Where did that Where did that come from? Um, that you know that that name came about when uh, from one of my first bands, Swamp Ass. Um, I you know that was a really blurry period for me, to be honest. <laughs> uh, well, Sounds you good. just met Jake, so obviously yeah. you've seen the the long term damage that that band has <laughs> done on him. But uh, I you know I I think it was. Our singer dubbed me that name. Uh, at some point, he called me that, and it stuck. Uh, why he called me that, I don't know. So it doesn't I, really I, have any meaning. It's just sort of like a nonsense thing. No, it, it. No, he just called me that. He kept calling me that. Then other people started calling me that. Um. Then at some point, I probably started calling myself that. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, it it just stuck. I mean, that was that was you know, 25 years ago. Well, you have sort of a, your, your last name is sort of like an Eastern European, easy to mangle sort of last name. So I think maybe, maybe it's easier to call you that than to try to pronounce your last name. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. I, I mean, g- God bless my family and all, but what a, what a terrible rock and roll name, right? <laughs> you don't get a lot of Eastern European rock and roll names, right? I, I'm assuming you got a lot of shit in high school with that name. I'm assuming there was lots oh, of. Uh... Oh, you think that started in high school? Okay, well, it's uh, well, especially you go. Well, that started in grade school. Well, and because you're from what you're you you originally Central Illinois, right? I mean, you born and raised in Central Illinois, I assume. Oh yeah, I was born and raised in a cornfield in Central Illinois for sure. So was it Mattoon that you were born and raised, or no, no, I, I don't claim Mattoon. Um, Nobody does, mate. Nobody that's a does. little. That's a little too methy for me. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was I was born and raised in Central Illinois in a in a small city, well, city village uh, called Sullivan, Illinois, which is famous because uh, well, Jason was born there. We have a little we have a little theater on the square there, and um, I remember as a kid, I remember Captain Stubing from Love Boat coming there during the summer. <laughs> And, uh, well, that, that's not kind of what I meant. I kind of meant the. It uh, is kind of big, though. Another Honestly, famous band. Town, right? Yeah, another famous band came out of Sullivan, which would be that we have in common. Oh, God, the best. The, digits, the best obviously. band. Yeah. 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 The, yeah, the, the digits. digits. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, they were because they okay. So they were originally from Sullivan, and then they moved up to Mattoon, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what they claim, <laughs> what what they actually stake. But I, I, I know that at some point they lived very close in proximity to me, and they rehearsed in a chicken shed behind the house. Yep. And uh, Brad and Rick's sister used to be my babysitter when I was uh, a little kid. Uh, you know, when when I was in kindergarten, I, I know Brad rode my school bus. There you go. So <laughs> did you now you guys you would have started playing when they were still playing. Did you guys ever you, did you play with them? I mean, share a stage. No, with? Th- those those guys were before me. They were they were done before you got you were going. Yeah, okay. I was still I was still in school when those guys were playing for the most part, uh, at least while Brad was in the band anyway. Um, you know, I, I did play with the Gaza Strippers. OK, yeah. there you go. Swamp Ass played with the Gaza Strippers several times. Gotcha. And then, of course, they moved up to Champagne, uh, moved from, yeah, I guess city. Sullivan moved to Matu, to the and then Matu to Champagne, and then, uh, yeah, now Rick lives is, up here in Evanston. And... Is that where you started? So you started playing when you were down there, or is that where you, I mean, we, did you, like, go to Champagne to start? Where, where were you start playing music at? No, I, I was playing with Jake over in a, a town called Charleston, which is Eastern Illinois University. Yeah, Eastern, uh, we, yeah. we called it Pretty Chuck small Vegas. town, though, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's that's really where I started playing at. Hmm. I mean, other than playing in Sullivan when I was a little kid, playing with like, you know, little cover bands when we were young teenagers. So what kind, what kind of what kind of rock and roll upbringing did you have? What kind of bands were you uh, were you getting into back then? Oh, uh, you know, I got into music super early in my life because I had I had an uncle who's passed away, you know, in the 80s. But he he turned me on to kiss when I was, you know, four. <laughs> and I remember being in like, you know, back then it was called a dime store. And I remember seeing the Ace Frehley solo album and kiss double platinum in there. And I asked my parents like, Hey, we, you know, this is what I want for Christmas. And I mean, it was my, it, I was in first grade and for Christmas I got the Ace Frehley solo album, double platinum. And I got the kiss makeup set. Wow, there you go. So I, I have pictures of, of me and my siblings, you know, dressed up like Kiss when we were very young. Your um, your parents so, are much very open minded for Midwesterners, man. I'm, most parents would have ran for the hills if their kid had asked for the Kiss makeup set. I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. My mom is, you know, my mom is a, is a huge fan of music, and she's always uh, let me run with my creative side. So, you know, I, I think my parents gave me a record player to have in my room when I was a little kid. And I, and I always had records coming in. You know, my uncle would give me records or I'd bomb them off friends or whatever. But I always listened to music as a little kid. I had a record play in my room and my parents didn't mind. That's, that's really that's yep. real cool, actually. Yeah. How did is. you meet our how did you meet our pal, Jake the Pope? So. The original drummer of Swamp Ass was Jake's older cousin. And he was, he, so he was the original drummer in the band. And once he decided he didn't want to hang with the bad crowd anymore, 
he encouraged his younger cousin to hop on board, Come with which, which for us was the next best thing. Well, it's funny because I ha- so I have the album, and there's a picture of Jake on the back looking so young, like he looks like he was just like like woke up after being attacked in a basement or something. And he, he told me later on that he was very sick, but he also told me that he's on the back of the album, but he actually didn't play on the album. This would be the full length. Yeah. So, so he, the, his cousin was out of the band before he actually, before the album got released and Jake was already playing with us. So we just stuck his picture on the record. There you go. A very, anyway, Neil, I don't know if you've seen that or not, but it's a very, very young looking Jake. Yeah, he looks like a 15 year old Malcolm Young. It's crazy. He does. He looks like a street hustler. So he looks like Dee Dee standing on the fifth corner of 53rd and 3rd. <laughs> <laughs> except, he, except he was in Charleston, Illinois. Exactly. Right? I don't. I don't know. I don't know how 15 uh, year old how much hustle there is for 15 year old boys in Charleston, Illinois. But uh, so this was so so this was in the 90s. Was this? Early, it would, it would have been in the late ni- late, late 90s, 90s, early 2000s. Okay. Okay. Was that so your first I mean, Jake Jake was young, really young at the time, and. Uh, he was hanging out, you know, with me and Tommy all the time. So he he probably grew up pretty fast. Was was that like your first kind of serious band where you made records and were starting to tour and get some traction? Yeah, for sure. Okay, that's cool. So I'll tell you what, you you did pick out a swamp ass song. Was this from? Is this from the LP? Uh, yes, it is. So you said this was kind of like the best known song, the best band's best known song. You know, it's like every time, because we were young and we were just throwing our songs all over the place. And every time we'd like submit one for a compilation or whatever it was, people would latch onto that song. So, so it, cool. it, you know, it got the most play of any of our songs. So let's uh, let's play that song. Remind us what it's called, because we forgot. It's called Goddamn Radio. And it's just about what? About the goddamn radio. There you go. I, I, kind of figured, <laughs> I, I wondered if that was a bad follow-up question, but that's all right. <laughs> well, it could have been. It could have been deeper, but let's you know, you never know. All right, let's check it out. Goddamn radio, swamp ass.
right, that was Swamp Ass there. Goddamn radio from uh, I don't know, sometime in the late nineties. Late nineties, early two thousands. So did you yeah. did you guys tour the country, or did you, were you more like a midwestern band, or how far did you guys get? Uh, yeah, we toured the country a couple times. And I assume um, hmm. I assume that's where you started kind of making some of the connections that would lead to some of your later gigs. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I, a lot of people that I met back then, I'm still friends with, of course. Um, a lot of those bands obviously went by the wayside, but you know, recently I've seen some of them resurface. Hmm. Uh, Mud City Manglers—that's a perfect example of one of those bands. Oh yeah, Pittsburgh. I've seen them two years in the last two years in a row. I've seen them. They're great. Yeah, Ted's great. Uh, we <laughs> we played with with them in two thousand and and one, maybe. Yeah, at, their records uh, at, were like their records were like fifteen years apart or something. Because yeah. I think they have two full lengths, and one of them was like early two thousands, and the last one was like a couple years ago. Yeah, we played with them in the early two thousands, the first time at um, at the Continental in New York City. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah. They were on the bill. Nova Express was on the bill. Um, I, I think the guys in Nova Express have a band now called the Idolizers. Hmm. Um, yeah, but those guys pop up all the time, you know. So, so you were doing what? You were playing guitar and singing, or what? What were you doing in the band? You know, no, <laughs> I not at the time. I, I was supposed to be playing guitar. But Charleston's such a small, shitty city. You know, there's no musicians there, and we couldn't find a bass player. So mm. in order to start writing songs, I just started playing bass, and mm. I ended up playing bass in that band for the most part, unless I was, you know, trying to write songs or something. Mm. So how does a kid from from central Illinois end up, and maybe I'm jumping too far ahead here, but how do you end up hooking up with Cheetah first kind of as a side man and then eventually the dead boys gig. How do you, how do you connect with him? Um, okay. So at this point in my life, I had left central Illinois. I'd moved to Austin. I left Austin. What, so what, and year, I went, what year are we talk? What year are we talking about here? Uh, like mid, like 2005, maybe. Okay. So I, I left that area. I moved to Austin. Uh, then I moved to California for a while and i moved back to austin but when when i came back to austin i did a one halloween i did a dead boys tribute okay just like you know that that's kind of what bands do in austin around halloween they play sure, sure. other pretty people's do cover sets yeah yeah pretty traditional so i did i did the dead boys and i expected that to be like a one-off kind of thing you know but when south by southwest rolled around i had a bunch of um club owners calling me asking me if I, if we would do the dead boys thing. <laughs> and I, I, I said, sure. And then I heard someone told me cheetah was coming to town. So I just called him and said, Hey, do you want to sit in with us on these sets? And he's said, sure. Did you know him at all? Had you ever met him or you just called him out of the blue? Uh, I called him out of the blue. Wow. And you know, I, I got his number through a mutual friend who had played with him before. And anyway, so he said he would do these Dead Boys songs. Well, then he started, like, looking at my other bands. Like, he said he checked out a Bleemix song. You know, I was playing the Bleemix at the time, and, and we covered Detention Home. 
Okay. Yeah, great song. Yeah, so anyway, he calls me back like a, a couple days later, and he's like, hey, I'm playing South by Southwest with my solo band, but I don't have a solo band. Would you be inter- <laughs> Would you be interested in putting one together for me? So I, I did that. So what became the 2017? I didn't mean to skip over the Bleemix. We'll get back to them. So what became the 2017 era Dead Boys you essentially put together? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. The the tribute. This the was Dead Boys just, okay. That was his solo. Okay, that was the solo band you put. The only person involved in the Dead Boys tribute that I did was the bass player. Okay. No, he was no, he wasn't even in the Dead Boys. So he, but he he played in the uh, Cheetah Chrome solo band. So after we did the South by thing with him, then we started doing shows with Cheetah as his solo band. We started touring everywhere with him. So you did that band have a name or anything, or was it just the Cheetah Cheetah Chrome at the time? Just Cheetah Chrome. So okay. were you doing was were you doing the vast majority of Dead Boy stuff or were you no doing other stuff? No, we were doing other stuff. Okay, you did like Sonic Reducer as an encore or something, but most of it was other stuff. I mean, we we would we would play Dead Boy's songs, you know, but like it was a split. Like there were a lot of songs off Cheetah's solo album that we did. Uh, we did um. Like still want to die, which was early like eighties, late seventies. Cheetah after he left the Dead Boys. Hmm. Don't know that stuff at all, Tom. Do you? No, I never. I I really don't. I didn't even know he really had much soul stuff, honestly. Yeah, there, there's. I, I think Get Hip has a record out. It's like Cheetah Chrome and the Ghetto Dogs. Hmm. And so we did a couple songs off that record. Um, we would do some Rocket from the Tomb songs. We, oh, would, cool. we, we just did kind of did everything uh, encompassing Cheetah's career. And since he was singing, we had to do stuff that, you know, obviously that he could sing. Mm. So at, at what point did he say to you, or maybe he didn't say it to you, I don't know, maybe at what point did Cheetah decide, you know what, I'm going to try to do, I'm going to do the Dead Boys again, or I'm going to put the Dead Boys back together again. What, what, how did that, what, what was the genesis of that? Maybe if you were there. Well, you know, I, I was around for all of that stuff. Um, I, you know, I, I spent Cheetah was living in Austin at the time, and I was spending a tremendous amount of time with him. Hmm. So, I mean, it, you know, leading into you know leading up to to 2017, you know, he he was just always kind of like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. No, that's not going to happen. And I don't know who he talked to to change his mind, but it was kind of like one day he just came in and said, "Hey, uh, I'm I'm going to call I'm going to call Johnny Blitz." And what happened was is we went to Japan to play. Hmm. With it was me, Johnny Blitz, Cheetah, and uh, Gabriel Van Asher was playing bass at that time. Now, Gabriel is in the Oxys with me. Oh, no kidding. And Gabriel also played with me in the Sylvain, Sylvain and the Sylvain's band. Okay. Um, but we went to Japan. And Probably big big payday in Japan, right? They're, I would assume at least somebody was getting a big payday. I mean, they're, the fans were there insane. Uh, you know, it wasn't really a big payday because as I remember, Johnny Bliss threw some beer and some really expensive monitors. Oh god! And uh, and we got we got docked pretty hard on that. I think. Um, 
<laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of beer being tossed. Uh, he blames me, but I'm pretty sure I saw a couple fly over my head. Um, uh, but it was a, before we went to Japan, you know, we were talking about getting a singer to go over there with us. And some of the names on the, you know, we at first we were going to get Texas Terry to do it. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then what, well, for whatever reason, she had changed his mind on that. And he decided to go by himself. But it was around that time, you know, I'm like, hey, you should really check out my friend Jake. You know, I'm like, he's got a he's got a Dead Boys tribute band out in Oakland. And uh, he, he does this stiff thing really well. I'm like, you should check him out. So just just to everyone that so they know, Jake is the guy that's been uh, that's been singing for the reanimated Dead Boys for the last five years. Right. Well, yeah. So Jake's first show with us was at. um was after we got back from Japan. This is early 2017. So Johnny Blitz went with us to Japan, but then we had more West Coast shows booked after that, and we were still doing Cheetah Chrome, and Jake came down and fronted those shows. I think our hmm. first show with him was maybe like at the Whiskey in L.A. or something. Hmm. There's, there's video of it and stuff, you know. Um, but it wasn't until after that when Johnny came back, it was like, that's when I, I was approached and said, hey, I wasn't even approached about touring at first with Cheetah. I would, he told me, he's like, I, also as a disclaimer, his story may differ from mine because 90% sure. of the time that's the case. Sure. But I was approached and I was told, hey, we're going to re-record Young, Loud, and Snotty. So what was your first thought on that? You had to be like, that's a horrible idea, right? Uh, I was absolutely, uh, yes, that was a horrible idea. Why did he decide to do that? Was it was it something to do with uh, with uh, rights to the original recordings or something? What was the deal with that? Uh, I don't know that I've ever got a straight answer on that. Hmm. But I'm guessing it was so there was a product that we could tour on. Oh, okay. That's All that's right. my best guess. I don't know. When, okay. So when you, I mean, it had to be pretty amazing playing that second guitar, and the it had to be, I mean, it had to feel good, even though it felt sort of strange, right? I mean, even if even if it felt a bit, a bit like a inauthentic, it had to feel good those chords in your hands. Yo, oh my god, yeah, of course. I mean, uh, the, the, that's one of my favorite records of all time, and I'm a huge Jimmy Zero fan, huge Jimmy Zero fan. Uh, so. I was actually I was actually going to ask that if you if you don't mind me asking um was that did he ever give any reason why Jimmy Zero or Jeff Magnum or any of those other guys do we even know the whereabouts of those guys to be in the yeah were, were they asked to be in the in the band or well, not as Cheetah falling uh, you, out with them you can see their answer for yourself they did a they did a podcast in L A one time and I was sitting right there and they 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 asked and they're like why isn't Jeff Magnum doing this tour. And Cheetah yeah. and Johnny both looked at each other and looked at the camera and said, "Well, because he's an asshole," and that and that was that was their answer. Oh, and they they didn't say much more than that, but they also alluded to the fact that I, I'm sure you guys have seen footage from from Dead Boys tours that like the the tour in the '80s and even before that, where they were playing without a bass player. Yeah, there's a whole lot of that. Huh. And I th I think that's kind of where it's at. They were just like they just said they didn't want to deal with it again. 
And I don't, I don't know, Jeff. I don't know any, you know, I've never even spoken with the man ever. I have, have nothing but respect for him. And I, I wish he would have been in the band, to be honest with you. Like, I, w I wish they would have got him. I wish they would have got Jimmy Zero, too. You know, I'd rather not been there. Yeah, if they could have done, like, yeah, like the Dead Kennedys can pull it off missing Jello with the other three guys. You know what I mean? I'm not saying it's amazing, but they can pull it off. And the Dead Boys can do the same. If they would have had Cheetah, show. if they would have had Cheetah, Jimmy Zero, Jeff Magnum, and Johnny Blitz with Jake amazing. fronting them, yeah, that would have been fucking awesome. Yeah, would have been. Amazing. Yeah, would. I mean, I love yeah. you know I love Sid Bader's, but I'm just saying you know if you're gonna do that whole retro thing and take your band out, I mean that that's about as good as he could have done. Yeah. So, so at this point, you so you introduced him to Jake, and he and he said this is gonna work, and you're gonna be Jimmy Zero. And then, did you bring Ricky in, or how did Ricky come in? We know Ricky a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That. Yeah, I did. I did. Ricky's an old friend of mine. Dude, you're responsible for like 60% of the uh, 2017 <laughs> Dead Boys. Yeah, for sure. 80% zero of it. Per, zero, <laughs> only 20% of the 2022 version. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, so, no, we needed, a, we needed a bass player for the Dead Boys, and my first thought that popped in my head was was tony from the trash brats okay the bass player yeah so i called i called tony and i said hey man you want to do this dead boys thing we're getting ready to go to canada and for some reason he couldn't get into canada i you know something minor i don't know sure. what, recall sure. what it was but he couldn't get in and he's just like i don't know what to tell you call ricky so i called ricky and ricky was all about it ricky's another rock and roll lifer man he uh he's done a lot of cool stuff Dude, Ricky's the best. I, I I love Ricky. Yeah, Ricky's good, dude. He's 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 the best, dude. So, so at this point, so you obviously the tour, the 2022 tour is totally falling apart. Were you guys able to get through tours? And I'm not even gonna speculate on what the issue is or anything like that. We don't want to. We don't want anybody. Uh, you know, we don't want to get anybody in trouble or anything. But were you guys able to get through tours, or were you having the same problem five years? No, ago? no, we weren't. So. Um, you know, there were there there were some tours that went pretty well, but I think there were three or four tours that went by the wayside. Some of them before we actually started, and then others, uh, uh, you know, while I remember, I remember one tour we started, and we I think we got five days into it, and it was over, and it was a three week run or something like that. Yeah, just like this. Well, I'll say this yeah. one made it about ten or twelve days into six weeks. I mean, Which, my yeah. question is, if you know you're not going to be able to do that, why do you I mean, why do you plan a six week tour if there's no chance you're going to do it? And all these older punks are going to be not even just punks. But all these older people are going to be disappointed. I mean, we saw them and it was a great fun. But I mean, boy, way to piss on your fans. You know, I, 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 it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Man, you know, I. I, I don't even know. I'm looking at his face. I, I don't even know what words. to say about that. It's, He's picking it's like, his words very carefully. No, that's well. At that at that age, touring is yeah. very difficult. He was born it's, the same it, year as my father, dude, and right. I understand that. Yeah, it's very it is very difficult, and especially if you add other you know other issues to it. But I mean, all all re, all other reasons aside, just pure age and physical abilities at that age. I mean, touring is is a, that's a tall order. Yeah, and they do, and he can still play. 
I was fascinated watching his fingers, watching him play. He looks sort of like a cross between Mr. Burns and Nosferatu at this point, <laughs> but he can still play, his fingers can still do the walking. But like I said, we might have got lucky too, and we and we did see him. I thought the band was in pretty good pretty good form overall. Well, but I let's go back to I've that. been drinking so much, so maybe I was a little. I might have been a little. Yeah, Tom, you were hammered. Uh, let's go back to the let's go back to the 2017 and 2018 tours because I actually saw you on that tour. I actually saw you at Beat Kitchen in Chicago. Oh yeah, um, that was a great great show. Um, and the band actually, you guys all looked like you fitted as well, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Like Ricky looked like he fit in the band, so did you. Um, the whole thing w- was held together really well. I think Johnny was playing drums, wasn't he as well? You think he was still? No, playing Johnny drums was at still that playing point. drums at that time. Yeah, yeah. So it was that, and it was a small stage, you know, small club. It was, it was awesome. So how were you guys getting around? Was, was it in a van? I mean, were you touring in a van? Yeah, we were just, yeah, we were just touring in a fifteen-passenger van. Okay. I was, I was I was just wondering with uh, yeah with Cheetah's age if he was if he was all right with that and all that well, kind of because you think at that age yeah you beats on you no question I mean he's cl- he's pushing seventy so yeah but you think you'd have a nice a nice touring uh, coach well or yeah something, but you're playing you know, the but... beat kitchen dude there's not there's not that much money involved if yeah you, I mean you're you're yeah, playing yeah, two hundred and fifty three hundred seat venues you know I mean I I, you, I guess you could get a bus but you're not going to be putting away very much money yeah. I mean, it's it's just funny when you think of how many copies Young, Loud, and Snotty has probably sold. Um, you would hope there'd be some money there, but I guess well, really who, they might not have had a good deal. I mean, who knows? Right. I'm sure they. Yeah. The biggest money they ever of, saw from that album was the the biggest money the Dead Boys ever saw was from Guns N' Roses covering their song. Oh, is that right? Oh wow! Ain't fun? Yeah, huh? yeah. Because Guns N' Roses covered uh, "Ain't It Fun" on on the yep, Spaghetti yep. Incident yep, record. Yep. Nope, they sure did. And, you know, it's funny. You hear that story all over the place, right? You hear that story like anti Nowhere League. You know, Metallica covered one of their songs. They made more money off Metallica covering one of their songs than they ever made in their whole lives. Well, Rick Simmons from the Digits told us the yeah, same thing when the offspring, when the offspring, wild, when the offspring covered their song. They he made, made like yeah, six hundred thousand dollars from Offspring yeah. covering that that song. Just mechanical <laughs> royalties because that record sold so well. But, hey, uh, while we're talking about the Digits again. Uh, on our on the new Oxy CD, we we cover a, a digit song actually. Oh no, kidding! Which one? Which one? Uh, California Surf Queen. Oh, we're gonna fucking say California Surf Queen. That's my favorite digit. So song. we, we covered we covered yeah. that, but it's only on the CD version. It was like a bonus track that the label wanted us to do. Oh, yeah. Well, let's hope that that makes Rick's M six hundred thousand times. Yeah, I'm sure, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we did uh, we did California Surf Queen by the Digits, and we did uh, Fix Me by the Joneses. Oh, okay. oh cool! All right, so yeah. I'm going to ask you one more Dead Boys related question, just because you mentioned it earlier, and it's such a strange story. I'm strapping. I'm struggling to wrap my head around it. You said at one point you did the full Dead Boys album, and I don't know. I assume it was the same kind of Dead Boys lineup. With Bobby, the old singer from the band Pentagram, how the heck did that come about? And so anybody who doesn't know Pentagram, they should watch that documentary. Is it called Last Days Here? I was trying to remember what the name of it was, but he's kind of like a schizophrenic, druggy, real weird old dude. Like, he should be bigger than Ozzy, but he's just kind of a space cadet. But how did you end up pulling that off? Man, I wish I could tell you the stories (laughs) about that guy staying at my house. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god lock up your lock up your ibuprofen so at one point in my house at one point during south by southwest in my house i had johnny blitz cheetah chrome bobby liebling from pentagram 
And Felix Griffin, the original drummer from DRI. You're right, yeah. Because Felix lived with me at the time. But you want to talk about stories and just drama. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, my God. So, okay, so for those that don't know, which is probably a lot of our listeners, explain Pentagram, because they sound like some bad 70s rock band. I mean, Pentagram right? was a... Um, you know, stoner doom band in the early 70s. East Coast, right? I think East Coast. Yeah, they were East Coast. I think Maryland, maybe. But the, th those guys were always trying to make it, you know, during Sabbath. And at some point, like Gene Simmons came to their basement to watch them play. And something happened where someone in the band didn't even make it. And they missed their opportunity for getting signed. But then some at some point, maybe 2009, 2010, uh Relapse Records contacted Bobby and they started putting out Pentagram albums. And of course, hmm. when they did that documentary, it just absolutely blew up. It's fascinating documentary, Neil. You would you would love it, I think. It's really even not liking the music, it's really fascinating. I mean, that guy never toured until forty years after that band started. Yeah. And then they're playing, you know, <laughs> literally they played the pyramid scheme here in Grand Rapids. I mean, they're playing four hundred See, you know, this this guy's probably another guy's probably 70 years old, pushing 70 years old. They were selling out all over the world. Yeah. But, but he, so <laughs> here's the story. We're playing at uh, Bowery Electric one night, and this is the Cheetah Chrome solo band. And at some point in the set, I'm singing uh, What Love Is. Mm-hmm. And I'm singing it, and I look down right in front of me, and it's Bobby Liebling standing right there, singing the words so loud that I can hear him. <laughs> and um, I'm just like, oh, wow, that's Bobby Liebling, and he knows all the words to the song that I'm singing. And so at some point I leaned down and I said, hey, do you know more of the songs? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, look at the set list. I'm like, well, let's get you up here. So Bobby jumped on stage with us at that show and did, um, he did Son of Sam with us. And then we did an encore where Ross the Boss from the Dictators got up and played guitar. Cheetah grabbed the bass and Bobby sang and we did uh, Search and Destroy by the Stooges. Just another, wow. just another night at a small club in New York City, Neil. <laughs> yeah, I have some yeah. super cool pictures that someone took of that night. They're they're awesome. It's incredible. But so, Bobby was great, and he knew all the words. To it's all just this amazing stuff. to me that he can remember the words to his own songs, let alone like words to <laughs> Dead Boy. So you have to see this guy, Neil. He looks like, like he looks like somebody who who you know walk up to you on the street and say that bottle looks heavy. You mind if I take a little out of there for you know? He just he looks like a homeless guy. <laughs> he almost. is that guy is the biggest music fan ever, though. It's insane really? the knowledge that guy has. Like, so my friend Danny ended up managing Bobby at some point. So when we went out to New York the second time, we stayed at Bobby's apartment. I thought he lived with his mother or something. Well, he did, he did until he moved out and he moved to New York City. And he was living there with, with Danny for a while. And, like, he had a Dead Boys fan club card from, like, 1977 <laughs> or 78. Oh, no kidding. Wow. So he was a huge Dead Boys fan. That's funny. Huh, anyway, cool. somebody got wind of this, and I was at home in Austin one day, and 
my friend Ben, who's a promoter, called me and he's like, hey, let's get the Dead Boys to play at this this Hotel Vegas South by party. I'm like, okay, cool. And then he calls me back like a couple days later and he's like, hey, what do you think about trying to get Bobby Liebling to front that and do the whole Young, Loud, and Snotty album? And I was like, well, uh, yeah, I mean, that so- it sounded cool, but I, I had to talk Cheetah and Johnny into that, which, honestly, they really didn't even have any idea who he was. Well, Neil, there you go. That makes you feel better because you didn't either. <laughs> it does. It does. Yes. Yes. Okay, so first of all, they don't know who he is, and the last thing I want to do is tell them to go watch his documentary. You know what I'm ah, saying? Yeah, they will, get, they will think he's going to flake if they see that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that would have made it more appealing for Cheetah, but <laughs> Neil, this guy makes this guy makes HR seem like balanced. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And I I I, I like I, Bobby is super nice, and I and I like him. It's really awful what happened to him towards the end. I don't know if you remember his uh, little incident shortly after we played with him. Um, he was arrested and thrown in jail, and okay. you can read about that on the internet. I don't want to talk about it. Sure, um, sure. But yeah, no, I have that. I have. There's a recording of that, like a full length recording of that entire show. Did you guys nail it? I mean, was it was it good? Uh, did we nail it? I mean, we played it. I don't know. Bobby, Bobby was Bobby's great. He knows all the words to everything, and he's huh. a performer, and he's good. Huh. That's fascinating. So now that see now to me, this is what should be being released on Record Store Day. Not yes, hundred percent. You know, another live Jimmy Buffett album. These are the records we need to hear. But I'll tell you what, Neil. Let's let's play another song, and I'm going to let you and he hash it out because I have to pee really bad and make another drink. So oh, I'll be Jesus. back, but I don't want to stop the. I don't <laughs> want to get you a diaper for you this. You can't stop the rock and roll, so you guys keep going. I'll be back in a minute. Well, I don't know, uh, Jason. What's what's we just talked about the Dead Boys for the last fucking twenty minutes. What what song do you think we should? Play? Let's uh, let's try one off of our my new band, the Oxys. It's off of our record okay. that comes out on the twenty eighth of October. It's a the first track on the album called "Liars, Betrayers, and Spies." Okay, sounds good. So the Oxys here.
right? That was the Oxys there with, what was it? Liars, Betrayers, and Spies? Liars, Betrayers, and Spies, yes. That's a mouthful. What's, what's that one about? I, I don't really know. You'd have to ask our singer. <laughs> I see. So you don't write. Okay, so, well, give us a little bit of background on the Oxys. I'm sure we'll get into it more later, but uh, how long have they been going? Um, well, it's kind of a long story, I guess. I started, um, I, you know, when I was playing with Cheetah, I would constantly write music and write songs and riffs and everything. So I was sitting on a, a, a trove of that. Um, and then during the pandemic, I got together with a, a guy here in Austin. His name is Phil Davis. They call him punk rock Phil. And I had played with him once before at this thing they do in Austin called the uh, Punk Rock Lottery, where they basically get a bunch of musicians, throw a name in a hat, pull the names, you form bands, you get a month to rehearse and write write a set, and then you perform it. Oh, fun. So uh, I wasn't on tour at the time, and I did that for fun. And uh, while we were writing songs, I gave – Phil, the singer that I was working with, I gave him a couple originals I had. And lo and behold, when he kicked him back to me, I'm like, I really liked it. Mm -hmm. I was like, I really like what you've done here. Uh, I really like where you went with the songs. And I felt like he got what I was doing and where I was coming from. And uh, that that's rare to come across that, I think. So we started writing songs together. And as we were writing songs, we just said, all right, well, let's do let's do an album. And we named the band the Oxys, and then we did the first record, and then we kind of put the band together after the fact. Okay. So on the record, like I do all the guitars, all the keys. Um, I program the drums when we write it, when we wrote all the music, but I had a real drummer come into the studio and, and play on the album. And then it wasn't until after, you know, after we got done recording the album, we're like, hey, this is good. Let's let's actually put a, a live band together. And we had a lot of time because I think we were still locked down at that point. We couldn't even do anything. And you guys are all based in Austin? Yes, we are. Okay, cool. Cool. So okay, hey, so this hey, is your first your first album that's coming out? Yeah, this is so this is the first album that's coming out. It's coming out on Deadbeat Records, label it's been around forever. Yep. Um yeah, they're they're putting it out on vinyl and CD, and then of course it will be out across all the platforms as well. And we have a video that we're going to drop, and we have our first gig here in Austin on Halloween night um, at at Voodoo Donut. Hmm. Oh, okay. So I yeah, yeah, yeah. I played all the clubs in Austin a million times, and I just kind of wanted to do something different. And I called a friend of mine. I'm like, hey, what, are you booking anywhere? What are you doing? He's like, no. He's like, I'm working at the kitchen at Voodoo Donut. I'm like, do they have a stage? <laughs> he's like, yeah. I'm like, well, well, can we do a show there? He's like, sure. Because I know like, I know, Dead Moon did a live album at Voodoo Donut in Portland. Hmm. Uh, I've never heard of it. Is it must be a, huh. Yeah, it's, it's, not, one, not, that's it's a one of those puppet. bootleg pirate albums, you know, but there's a Dead Moon album out there. It's live at Voodoo Donut. And huh. uh, so, so that's kind, you know, that kind of helped huh? spawn that idea, too. So we're stoked about about playing there. Huh. Yeah, Voodoo Donuts is a chain, Tom. They have them in, in, in a lot of cities, especially in the South. I was going to say, we don't have one uh, here yet. 
It started yeah. in Port Portland's where they had the first one. Portland, yeah. Gotcha. That's right. Yeah. Did you ask him how many yeah. guys? So what's? Did you ask him the configuration of the new band? Because I actually don't know that yet, Neil. Is it three or four? Yeah. How many? How many in the band? Five. There's five. So what do you, you play guitar? You or you sing or you do both? Well, I sing. As far in terms of the writing, like, you know, I probably write about half the vocals. Uh, Phil Davis, the singer, he writes, you know, uh, uh, the other half of the vocals. May He might even do more than half, probably. I don't know. I haven't actually kept track. But, yeah, I play. So I write all the music. I write the guitars. Okay. I write the bass. I write the drums. And then I give the parts to the other guys. We get yeah. together and bang them out, record them, whatever. So you moved. I, I maybe you covered this while I was peeing and getting another drink. But so you moved down there to play music, or you chased a woman down there, or how'd you end up down in Austin? Oh, you know, I I just I wanted to get out of Central Illinois. That's that's not hard to believe. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the number one reason I moved. Well, okay, so so did didn't Doug move down there too? Doug Digit, the bass player from the Digits, yeah, he Doug was in Austin down for, a while, for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, thought so. Yeah. Hmm. Did you ever play with him down there? Because I know we had a couple of bands down there, I think, right? You know, I never play, I never played with Doug. I, I would have loved to. He was in River City Rapists, I think. That's a name to get you canceled in five seconds <laughs> yeah, right there. Yeah, um, yeah right. Um, that, the the Blemix actually did a split with them at some point for Man's Run Records. Hmm. Um, so that that was your band when you went down there. When you first went down to Austin, the mid 2005s or whatever, you you started playing the Bleemix. You put the band together, or you joined the Bleemix, or no? The Bleemix had been around since like '95 or '96, and I had played South by Southwest for a lot of years before I ever moved down here. So I liked the city anyway, you know, and I knew people. Hmm. Um, and I was also before i left illinois i was touring with speed uh speed dealer ario speed dealer um and and we were always down around the area playing and stuff like that so i yeah i, I moved down here um my first band down here was the bulimics that i was down here and, and jerry the singer called me and he's like hey you want to join the band come play with us whatever so i did that and I, i've been doing it ever since so the blue mix is still going? Uh, I mean, I would say no, but then again, they never die either. So yeah. there will probably be more blue mix shows at some point. So you might, yeah, I was going to say you might get a call tomorrow and do a show at Halloween. I talk to those guys every single day. <laughs> they have the most annoying yeah. uh, text thread in the history of mankind. Dude, Austin was one of those. I've only ever been to Austin once. It was one of those weird cities like Atlanta or something where the middle of downtown is just completely dead at night right everything must be happening in the suburbs or on the on the outskirts or something in austin yeah no no like, no no well, 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 six well, streets like bourbon street yeah well yeah yeah i mean apart from six Street, we're talking like the business district and stuff there was like obviously nothing going on down there it was weird I, it was uh, you weird. know austin has changed uh tremendously over the last 10 years it's a okay. it's almost if you were down here before 2010, it's almost not even recognizable. Yeah, because, I mean, 6th Street was a big party street, but I was just talking about I was down to Business District trying to find a nice Italian restaurant. But uh, anyway, it just it was just dead. It was just weird. But, uh, but yeah, the outskirts were great. I mean, the other parts of Austin, I love. Well, I will be down there. The I, was down I will be down there next weekend. Will It already will have passed by the time we listen to this. 
And uh, I was going to ask you where's a good place to go, but I'm actually going to – I think I'm going to end up going to two shows. One of them is at a place called Kick Butt Coffee. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the other one is called the Aus- Outskirts or the Outer Limits or something. It's way on the south side of town. The outer, I, see, I live on the south sides, and I don't know the Outer Limits. Um, it might be an outdoor venue or something. Let me. It seems Is bigger. it the Far Out Club? The Far Out Club, yeah, yeah. Is that an outdoor like, – Okay, venue? yeah, that's, that's close to where I live. Okay. So, yeah, we're, I think we're going to go to a show there Friday. Good place? Yeah, it's a, it's a good place to see a show. Kick cool. Butt Coffee is where they do all the punk shows. Um, yep, yep. That's where we're going. We're going to see Sloppy Seconds. Oh, yeah. That's that's on the 29th, right? It is. Yeah. it's my. I'm, I'm such a romantic. It's my wedding anniversary. I'm taking my wife to the show. Oh, congrats. <laughs> <laughs> she, knew, she knew I was a snake when she picked me up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, she'll have fun. I think she'll the Oxys has the Oxys have a show. We have a show booked there. I think in January, maybe. Mm. So, man, we 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 jumped all over the place here. But the Oxys, your current band. So, are you guys are you guys doing a tour to go with the album? We we don't have anything planned, and we probably won't do so until March. We're just playing some local shows right now. In July, we played at uh, Creepy Fest in New Orleans. Hmm. Which was interesting because right before we were supposed to play Creepy Fest, our uh, our singer went to the hospital and he was put in a medically induced coma for like ten or twelve days. Jesus. Yeah, it was brutal. So we had to get um we had to get a a guy to fill in for him for our New Orleans show, but it, it was a great time. Should have got Bobby. Uh, from, what happened? Should have got he... Bobby from Pentagram. That'd have been killer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a version of Bobby singing one of the oxy songs that's on the first record mm. with different with his lyrics of course i think i recorded maybe like four or five songs with bobby at some point oh no kidding yeah that's cool because he always did have trouble like he always needed one guy to kind of take charge of the band because he couldn't really do the band thing like he could get up there and sing but he always needed somebody to kind of keep the rest of it together for him i think and like when he had a guy who could do that for him that's when pentagram could tour and kind of do their thing yeah totally that's the least the impression I got. He's so oh. good though. Like like when I worked with him, he he would come in and he had lyrics and he would come up with really solid vocal ideas and stuff. Mm. So so okay. So so speaking of legends you played with, how did the Sylvain Sylvain thing come up, come about? Um, so I was playing doing solo shows with Cheetah and, and this and that, and uh, Sylvain call Sylvain calls me one day. Like my phone. And you had met him. You had met him before. He cold called you the same way no, you cold called. No, he Cheetah. cold called me. Wow, what a life, Neil. When's the last time you got cold called right? by like a punk rock legend? <laughs> Never happens. Oh well, yeah, well I couldn't <laughs> even believe that shit. My phone rings and I'm like, "Hello." He's like, "Jason." I'm like, "Yes." He's like, "This is Sylvain Sylvain," and I'm just like, I almost hung up. You know, I'm like, "Get the fuck yeah. out!" Like whatever. He's pranking me. Somebody's like I just thought it was me. one of my friends screwing with me or something. And so I listened, and and it was him. And basically, he wasn't doing anything. He was living in Nashville. And he said, yeah, I know you're playing with Cheetah. He's like, uh, he's like, I, I want to do some shows down there. Do you, do you think you could put something together for me? And uh, I, I was, you know, what am I going to say? No. <laughs> so, so, so I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. And... Uh, so I just got the dudes who were playing in Cheetah in Cheetah's band with me, and we just did a did a the Sylvain thing, and we just called it 
Cheetah was like, or Sylvain was like, oh, we we got to get a name for this. What do you guys want to call it? And I'm like, well, it's kind of obvious, don't you think? He's like, no, what do you want to call it? And I'm like, Sylvain, Sylvain and the Sylvains. What else would we call it, you know? <laughs> so you, you didn't want to call it the New York Dolls and re-record the first album or something? No, you know, <laughs> the, last, the last time he went to Japan, he took uh, Steve Conti from the Dolls and Sammy Yaffa, and I think the drummer from the helicopters maybe hmm. went to Japan with them and they called that the dolls. Oh, the doll. Okay. So did but, you play yeah, when we were playing with them? We just called it Sylvain, Sylvain. And the did Sylvain. you play a bunch of, so you, did you play a bunch of dolls songs? I assume on that tour. I mean, you literally, oh, of course. you'd of like course. been play, you've had the privilege of playing some of the greatest, like uh punk and roll songs ever written. huh? Yeah. So with the Sylvain thing, we played, uh, it, there were, there were a bunch of shows. I mean, we did a bunch of shows with him. Uh, obviously, I already said we went to Japan with Sylvain, um, which he hadn't been over there since 1975, the last time that the New York Dolls went over. So it was wow. pretty pretty uh, incredible experience. Uh, there were some, some old fans that came out and actually had photos that they were presenting him that they took in 1975 and stuff. It was insane. <laughs> Hmm. Um, and it was one of those situations where everywhere you went, you had fans waiting for your arrival. Hmm. Um, uh, probably the closest I'll ever feel to Bon Jovi, I suppose. <laughs> you know, Until you get a call from John Bon Jovi tomorrow. Hope, saying, yeah. hey, <laughs> hey, put, put something together for me. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Um, yeah, but anyway, Sylvain, we did a bunch of stuff at South by... He would come down other times. We played in New Orleans a bunch of times, uh, Houston, Dallas, around Texas. We did a residency one time in Austin where he came down and he stayed at my house for a month. And uh, that was pretty awesome. Dude, that's just such a different lifestyle, right, Tommy? Just got legends just coming and hanging out and staying at your house. Even, even, if, even if they're legends you haven't heard of, Neil, that's right. Well, but it is it is crazy. You know, you made the joke privately, but like you kind of got to watch everybody's downfall. But the fact of the matter is, you got to play with some amazing. I mean, maybe they weren't in their full peak, but still, you know, we're you just you, don't sell yourself short, man. You've had a cool career. I mean, it might not add up to a you know a big house in the country or something, but it's a, you've got to do some cool stuff that a lot of people would love to have done. The- you know the thing about Sylvain was it was interesting is I, I'm a obviously a, I'm a huge Johnny Thunders fan. Sure, always always have been. So I love the stories. But the first night I met him, we went. I think I took him to Lucy's Fried Chicken, get to get something to eat. And after dinner, we get in the car, and he looks down, and I have I have Thunders guitar tattooed on my arm, <laughs> and he looks down at that, and he's like, uh, "So you're a big Johnny fan, huh?" And I'm like, oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, I taught him how to play guitar and just ah. kind of look the other way. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. No big deal. That's funny. No, Sylvain, Sylvain is a wonderful, wonderful human being. <laughs> Where do we go from Sylvain, Sylvain? I don't know. We might, we, might, we, might have, yeah. we might have to put another song in there because um, – He's 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 also so you're you're like a punk and roll guy or rock and roll guy, right? You just consider yourself just like a rock and roll guitar player at the end of the day. Yeah, 
Because he's played some heavy stuff too, Neil. The, the stuff that is more metal than you probably can get into. But we'll, I'll tell you what. Let's stick another song. Let's put another uh, Oxy song or... Uh, Why don't you probably do a mix? Yeah, we talked about the Belemix. Yeah. Let's do it. What's the yeah. Belemix song, Jason? Uh, the Belemix song is called uh, Just Another Day. It's a song I wrote for the last record. Which was... Uh, it came out maybe 2016 or 2017. Oh, not that long ago. Okay. No. And that was something wicked this way comes, right? Yes. There you go. Good old Discogs to the rescue. All right. Bulimix with Just Another Day. That was the Belemix there with Just Another Day off of the 2016 album, Something Wicked This Way Comes. It's funny, you know what, Jason? They kind of like these old punk guys kind of passed you around like a doobie, you know? Just like, just passed, <laughs> just passed you. Here, you have a punk Oh, yeah. So, but it's just fascinating to me that you kind of just fall into these situations. You know, you almost just sort of stumble into these situations that other people would kill to get into. So how did you, you, you did a stint also playing for M.O.D., how did this now? How, this is totally off, off sort of brand for you. Uh, how did that end up coming about? Okay, so you know some of the later bulimic stuff is pretty aggressive. I guess you would say. Okay. I gotta check the. I really don't know the bulimics very well. That I mean, that's gonna be on my deep dive list for next week. So, I, I you know we played at a, a club that Billy was working the door at. And, and Billy had seen me play several times. And Another so the big ble- rock star, Neil, working the door of a club. <laughs> so the Bleemix, but the Bleemix is, is fast and aggressive, you know? Okay. But I'm playing rock and roll. You know, some of it's a little shreddy, maybe, but not sure. really. Anyway, Billy approached me, and he's like, I guess he had done a record in California with MOD. It didn't go very well. He fired the whole band. He comes back to town. And he, he calls me, and he's like, hey, man, he's like, you think you'd be interested in, in helping me out with this, this MOD record I'm doing? So is he me. in Texas, or is he in California this happened? Austin. He's in he's in Austin, too. Okay. Yeah. So he's getting ready to do a new record for Megaforce, and he was like, uh, you know, he's like, can you come in and help me with this record? I want you to 
to play guitar and he's like i want you to write some riffs for it he's like right now i feel like this record where it's at where we left it at is just a bunch of rhythm guitar he's like can you write some riffs for it and do some solo stuff in it and i'm like i told him i, I would give it a try you know and he's just like you know, I told him I was more on the rock and roll side of things and less on the metal side of things, but he said he didn't care. He's just like, I want you to do with what you do with the bulimics, is what he told me. So that's what I did, and we did the record. So which which record was that then? Um, Busted Broken American, I think. Okay, that's really his called. last. I think that's the last one, right? That's the that's yeah, the yeah. One. So did you did you? I mean, were you the credited guitar player on that, or did you were you just like a additional musician kind of thing? Did you play shows with them? No, I never played shows with them. They, I don't even know what happened. I don't, I don't even really know what happened with that. It was like they kind of we, brought you in as like a consultant to play the guitars, almost. Well, huh? just yeah, whatever for guitar. You know, I was just right. I, I wrote a bunch of stuff on the record, solos and, and riffs or whatever. Uh, I, I haven't even opened the record. I don't know what. Don't even I know don't if you know. got credited or anything. Huh? Just got. I think someone said there's a picture of me in there, maybe, and, and it oh, says my go. name. But whatever. I, I, I don't. I don't. I never looked at it really. Um, wow, that's weird, isn't it? When Discogs, he's credited for sure. Okay, isn't that kind of weird there. that you never oh, looked yeah, okay. at the record you were on? What's that? Isn't that kind of weird that you never looked at the record you were on? I mean, it says that you're not a vain man. I'll give you that, but it's just kind of weird. I, I mean. I, I was never a big MOD fan, you know. I wasn't that interested. Like, I, I love that. That SOD record is incredible. Yeah, yeah. Well, the USA for MOD, the first MOD record, is really genuinely good. And I think the third one, which is called Gross Misconduct, they had a couple of really good ones early on. And the later ones might be two, but nobody ever, you know, people didn't pay attention. People's taste change well, more than billy the billy came to me and he's and he, he sent me all the demos of the songs and he asked me what i thought about him and i told him i'm like i think your songs are really good actually i think i think you've done a great job here um and that you know that's kind of when he asked me to to do all that stuff oh interesting and your photo is indeed on the back of the album cover. Oh, cool. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. You look You're standing you look, up. You're standing up and the rest of them are all sitting down. You look more good, aware. Good, good. It's cuz he's about to walk away, Neil. The rest <laughs> of them are still the <laughs> He looks He's more... about to answer the phone to another Well, rock and roll I, I was doing I was doing the Dead Boys thing at the time when I did all that. Okay. Yeah, you got the baseball, you got the backwards baseball. So like my my there. interest yeah. was was with the Dead Boys, of course, you know. Sure. And Billy wanted to do some European stuff and 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 do some full tours, and I I just I couldn't do that because I was doing the Dead Boys. Hmm. Now, how did you? Okay, going back to that for a second, seeing as you mentioned it, how did you think that um, new version of Young, Loud, and Snotty came out? Did you did you like it or did you not care for it? Um, I've only listened to it probably once. Uh, I heard it in the, you know, I heard it when we were doing the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, I it just, it just burned my ears. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I told you at the beginning of the show, like I, I didn't, I didn't ever really want to do that. Yeah, yeah. And I was told basically like, well, Cheetah just said, you can do this or I can find someone else to do it. And I was like, if you put it to me that way, it's like, well, 
I'd at least like to play Jimmy Zero's part so someone does it justice. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, kind of harsh thing as you helped him put the whole band together. Well, it's, but the thing is, like, so I've listened to it a couple of times. I haven't listened to it a ton. I mean, why would you listen to that over the original at the end of the day, right? If you have both of them, why would you? Right. But I thought they did a good job. I mean, it was, you know, what, what do you think about it, Neil? I mean, it, it's not, I think it's sort of unnecessary, but I don't think they did a bad job. I mean, I think, I think it's. I, no, I, I don't think it's bad. It's just, it's just, it's so similar yeah, yeah, to they the don't original. Try, they're trying to, yeah, they try to get as close to the original as possible, right? So it doesn't, I don't really see the point in it. Plus they, dro- they dropped a song, right? It was one of the songs they didn't do. Well, um, I wonder if it was a I don't think Little Girl's not on there, is it? Right, hey, oh, little yeah, girl is not on there. Yeah, that's yeah, not on right. there. I'll tell you what, that whole experience was pretty incredible, though. Um, so we were down in this, the studio right next to Blackbird in Nashville is where we did that, hmm. and uh, we we did we cut that album live in the same room. Oh no, kidding! Is that the way yeah. they did the original? Did they try to like kind of capture the same way the original? Or I, you know, I don't know how they did the original. I imagine they were probably all in the same room. It doesn't sound like they spent a, a lot of time or effort on it. Um, that's what makes it great, it actually. It's, they're well rehearsed, and yeah. they just go out and tear it up. That, that's the one thing about The one thing I will say about, about that album is Johnny Blitz did a great job on that. He one-taked everything on that record, and he nailed all of it. So the drums you hear on there, <laughs> I mean, he just walked in and nailed it. And after after playing those Dead Boys songs for years with other drummers, when Johnny Blitz finally returned to the fold and I got to play with him, it was immediately wreck like everything made sense at that point. Because I'm like, yeah, oh, sense. this yeah. is how the songs are supposed to sound. Huh. And his style is so uh unorthodox and a little bit non-traditional to me and i i don't think other drummers can do can can mimic him you know they they, they can play the songs but they're, sure. they're not nailing the intricacies that he has and so to me anytime i hear those songs played without johnny blitz playing them they don't sound right to me anymore hmm. neil yeah well, look, we love to, look you didn't see him the other dis- night then we love to discount drummers right we love to make fun of drummers but you that's know, right Listen to Marky playing Tommy's parts. It's never, never quite right. <laughs> well, yeah, um, yeah. When we saw when we saw them the other week, what was the drummer had just been playing with them for like a day or two, right? It was. Uh, he probably wouldn't have appreciated. They found him that. in Canada and just, just threw him in the van. Maybe abducted yeah. him. I think they kidnapped. Yeah, him. I don't. I don't know what kind of shenanigans happened with that tour. Um, I know that the drummer that they that was supposed to go out with them was the drummer that played with me in the Cheetah Chrome Band and in Sylvain Sylvain and the Sylvains. Mm. So that was a drummer that was supposed to do it. But I don't know. I don't know what happened there. Apparently, he didn't make the tour, and they pulled someone out of the crowd in Austin, I guess. Right. There you go. And Neil, we, if we'd have been at the right show, we could have possibly played in the Dead Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess well, so. It, it's funny. The tour is falling apart, obviously, because Cheetah's back problems. But uh, the the fact of the matter is, why why do they need Cheetah? Just send anybody out there at this point, right? <laughs> just have five five strangers. He could just why, why, it, why, it, well, it is funny, and you don't have to say anything, Jason. But I said to Tom when we saw them, I said, "There's no way this tour is making the end of the 
you know, is, is going to make this whole thing. And not because of any health problems. I obviously had no idea about that. It's just the band did not look like well, a band. What, and I said, I said, no way, they're finishing this tour. They need the money. He needs the money. They're going to they're finish yeah. it. But I guess... I, guess well, the, I think they did another date or two, and then that was it. But it hurts me it to say this, Neil, but like you were right, man. You were right. Yeah, it, 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 it just looked like three session guys they picked up from somewhere. And Cheetah, that's what it looked like. It was, it just didn't hold together. Looked like at all. He, it was like Cheetah yeah. Chrome and a bowling team. Yeah. And and your buddy Jake <laughs> singing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, Jake, I mean, Jake did a great job singing. He always does. But uh, yeah. It's a weird thing, though, right? Like, if you have to replace an iconic singer, there's two ways you can go. You can either get somebody who's really good but has their own style, or you can try to do the copycat thing. And there's no question about which way that, that one is going. He's just doing pure, like, homage, pure worship. Um, and he's great. He's great yeah. at it. Hey, no, so, no all right. Shit. On a different really story, good. you mentioned that Felix, um, what was his last name? I can't remember. But Gr- Felix Griffin. Felix Griffin. Yeah, the original DRI drummer was your roommate for a while. Yeah. Um, or that you guys lived together for a while. Of course, DRI originally from Texas. Yeah. Um, but not, I think, Houston or something. I can't remember where they're originally from down there. I don't think they've been in Texas for quite some time. But uh, how'd you guys, how'd you end up being roommates with the drummer of DRI, the original? No, I don't think he was the original, right? Because I think Kurt's little brother was like the original, but he was like the classic lineup drummer. Yeah, he's a, he had a classic lineup guy. Uh, I you know I, I don't know. I, everyone knows Felix. You know he's lived in Austin forever, and mm. his I think his house burned down or something. And he needed a place to stay, mm. so I let him move in my house, and he lived here for for a couple of years. Did he play in Spears? Did he play in the Spears? Was that his band? I know he played in some other, has done some other stuff, but I can't. He remember. did. He did. Uh, I think he did MDC for a while. Okay. Um, he played in that band called Bat, which is oh uh, yeah, like a thrashy. Yeah, I know that band. Yep, thrash band. It's like uh, kind of a horror metal kind of thing. Nick from Municipal Waste is in that band. Okay, that's cool. He did, he did that for a while. Um. He's he was in some local bands here too. I can't remember the names escape me right now. Hmm. But he introduced me to Dave Lombardo one night, which was really cool. Is that right? You guys getting a project together? I uh, thinking about it. Dave yeah. only plays. He only plays in let's see, Suicidal Tendencies, The Misfits, and Testament. Now he's probably making a pretty good living just being a like a drum whore. He's he's gonna have to uh, put another few years on him before I consider him. You know, I saw that. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, 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 like you said, you made the joke earlier about how you like you, you like you're kind of like you get you get in the band and then the band's kind of done or whatever. Like you're kind of the harbinger of the band, maybe. Oh yeah. And I like it's. I saw the big news today was that Mick Mars is no longer going to be touring with Molly Crew that he just physically can't do it anymore, and right. that the band will still go on with a touring guitarist. And all I can think is, Jason, why don't you become the Motley Crue's touring guitar, so you can kill them once and for all. Just wipe that. <laughs> I'm giving them their number. I think Nikki I hate Sixers that. Band. I them. absolutely hate that band. Do you? Do yes. you hate that that style of music in general, or just that band particularly? They're they're, they're, they're kind of like bastard stepchildren of the Dolls, right? Yeah, maybe. I I don't know. Like I just. I don't. I don't know. Like the the hair. Like their first two albums are good. Like I liked them when I was a kid, right? Yeah. Shout out the Devil is good. Out was a good Shout album Devil's for good. that too, style of music. Yeah. Too fast for love. Shout out the Devil. Good. Really great albums, right? Yeah. But 
I don't know, just that whole hair metal period in there is obnoxious to me, and it's weird. Like, that's got to be kind of your era, though, right? I mean, that was the music on the radio when we were kids. I mean, kind of, yeah, but I don't I know. Bet, like, all those I bet old... you Central Illinois was like Molly Crew hotbed. I bet you they sold tapes <laughs> down there like crazy. Right, right. It was Camaros and White Snake. You know, yes. that's it's to Tawny Katane land in Central Illinois. <laughs> um, no, I don't. I don't know. Like, there's a couple bands out of that era that I like, but. I, I don't know a lot of I, I just don't I, I didn't like it that well and I there's a lot of guys like a lot of those old cock rockers will come up to me and be like oh hey what's up like love the dead boys love this and that and they're nice it's just weird it's just like I just don't think any self-respecting punk would ever do that to themselves you know like play that kind of music there is a fine line there, right? And I think everybody's kind of got their own line. But, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. There's definitely a... I mean, like, you know, uh, like the band Junkyard. Like, I like all those guys. I'm friends with them. But, like, the fact that Brian Baker did Junkyard is still kind of puzzling to me. Yeah. He did... Listen, dude, he's the only guy who's in both Junkyard and The Meat Man for an album. So he had a pretty good... <laughs> yeah, deal. right? And, you know, in Ex- The Minor Threat. And I mean, I mean, obviously, Bad Religion. He's had a pretty good career, too, I guess. Explain yeah. Junkyard to me because I don't know who that Junkyard is. Junkyard was a hair metal band that Brian Baker oh, was Jesus. briefly. They were okay, God. though. I mean, they were just a bluesy rock band. They well, it was all Chris Gates was band. in that band, too. Yeah, they were. They Dude, they were. Uh, they never made it. They never never really took off. And I think they were Brian signed to Geff. Was, they were signed to Geffen Records at the same time Guns N' Roses broke. So they didn't get any of the financial backing, I guess. That's what oh, I is heard. that what it was? Guns N' Roses. That's, that's what I'm up, told. Guns N' Roses ended up doing okay, I guess. See, now there, that'd be a gig, right? Like, I can't believe you didn't play on the Chinese Democracy album. Didn't they have, like, 500 different guitar players on that album? Well, that, it's funny you mention that because one of the guitar players that did play on that album is from Central Illinois. Who's that? Is it somebody? Probably, probably somebody Neil knows. Uh, D, DJ Ashbar, or whatever his name is, the guy that does, like, 6 a.m. And, and all the, oh, the last Molly Crew album. That's another Molly. Yeah, another Nikki Six band. Huh. I'm pretty I've sure. I've heard the name, a, but I don't. I don't know. He's a Central Illinois kid. Oh. Hmm. All right, Neil. Let's play a song. Let's, okay. Let's play another Oxy. Another Oxy's. Right? Yeah, another Oxy song. Yeah. What are we gonna play next, Jason? Tell us about the song. Okay. Well, the next song is is Mr. Horrible. <laughs> And who is this? Who is this about? Who is this about? I'm sure this isn't about anybody we've talked about so far, Neil. I'm, I'm sure. Trying, I'm <laughs> trying Cole. to remember the story. It's it's the name that Freddie Mercury used to call Sid Vicious. Oh yeah yeah yeah. He called it but Sydney it wasn't Horrible. Mr. Hor- it wasn't Mr. Horrible. That wasn't the name. But it was something like that, like Mr. Atrocious or yeah yeah yeah. He took the piss out of him. Yeah yeah. Right. Okay. So Sylvain told me that story or tried to tell me that story, but he got the name confused and he was telling me that, that Freddie Mercury used to call Sid Vicious, Mr. Horrible. He, he like had the story wrong. So anyway, I wrote a song about it and called the song, Mr. Horrible. It was Simon Ferocious was what he actually called. Simon Ferocious. There you go. Yes. Sid Vicious asked Freddie Mercury, if he had uh, been having success bringing the ballet to the masses. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong. Right. 
All right, so let's listen to uh, Mr. Horrible by the uh, by the Oxys. Mr. Horrible uh, by the Oxys by way of Freddie Mercury and Sid Vicious. So I, I actually tried to find the Oxys um, and it's not streaming yet. So I really wasn't able to check it out. So is it that kind of that same kind of like punk and roll kind of thing you've been doing or style wise? Where's Oxys at? Yeah, for sure. Well, like I said, a lot of it is stuff that I had written while I was playing with Cheetah. Uh, he would always encourage me to write stuff, you know, and I had the intentions of of doing some recordings with him, you know, outside of the Dead Boys. That I have a couple tracks that we did, that we went in the studio and did, um, but I had a ton of leftover material. So that's how the Oxy started, you know. It was it was, you know, along the lines of the Dead Boys punk and roll kind of thing. Hmm. Not much different that, than anything else I'd ever done. Could have done that third Dead Boys album, Neil. It could have been called Old, Deaf, and Gassy or something. <laughs> <laughs> would have been good. Would have been a bestseller. So, so yeah. one of the other things that we were supposed to ask you about was at some point the, the, the Swamp Ass, international superstar Swamp Ass, played for a room full of homeless people or something. <laughs> so. How did this how did this come about? And what wonderful place were you at where you had enough homeless people to fill a room? Well, this this incident happened, I believe, in two thousand and one. It was at the old auto bar in Baltimore. And we were we were driving to Baltimore. We were pulling in the Leg- city. Legendary punk legendary punk venue, right? Uh the auto bar. 
It's been around a long time. I don't. I mean, I've heard of it, and I'm not from Baltimore, so it must be semi semi legendary. Sorry. Yeah. So we we were pulling into the city, and and we got to the outskirts of town, and the state police had the road shut off, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you can't you can't go into the city. We've shut the whole city down." And we're like, "What do you mean you shut the whole fucking city down? Like, who shuts the whole city down? Like, well, and and they're like, well, they're like a train derailed in a tunnel." in the city that was carrying sulfuric acid. So they actually dumped like the Orioles game and, and cleared everything out. Sounds like a freaking Batman movie plot or something, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was really weird. So anyway, we're like, all right, whatever. Well, I'm sure they'll open it soon enough. Let's go get a hotel. So we got a hotel on the outside of the city. And uh, at the time we were on Reptilian Records, which was out of Baltimore. And... I called the label guy and I'm like, hey, we can't get into the city to play this show. And he's like, oh, you, I'm at the club right now. And, and uh, we're like, oh, yeah, you're there awful early. But uh, so what do you think? He's like, no, you got to find a way to get down here. I'm not kidding you. You got to find a way to get down here. So we like sneak in the back way and we, we get in the city somehow. You know, we find a route. We get to the club. And apparently, because they had closed the city down, the auto bar had allowed all the homeless people in the area to come inside. So we ended up playing a show at the auto bar to a packed crowd of homeless people. Did they scare? I wonder if they scared away like the people who like actually wanted to come see guys play. Come in and see the band, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there there weren't a lot of the traditional faces you would expect to see there. Um, I mean, n- nobody I knew in Baltimore was there. Bet you the merch sales sucked that day, but theft was at an all time high. <laughs> you know what? The merch sales were not good, but that show was out of control. Was it? Oh my god! It's like those, those people pre- were having. Like those... su- like I've never seen shows. I've never seen so many people dance at one show that I played before. Like huh. everyone in there was just dancing, having the time of their lives. That's funny. Oh, it was well, wonderful. I mean, listen, there's some nice missions here. You maybe you could I don't know. I don't know if you play like the mission district, just go down and Grand play Rapids, the homeless yeah. shelters, right? Yeah, I, I you know, I, I'm pretty sure we played for free beer that night. Oh, I, don't, I don't recall getting paid at that one, which is fine. Um, but yeah, it was pa- it was probably the most packed show of the tour as well. It was free beer and all the sulfuric sulfuric acid you could scoop up and take with you. Oh yeah, it's yeah. a it's a good night <laughs> good night for rock and roll. Yeah, but that's yeah. Kind of, I, I don't know. Just that's kind of seems like my luck, you know. I pull into a city to play, and well, they they close the city down for the night, you know. Groupies weren't too hot that night, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, the bed bug situation. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, you miss those days jumping in the van and going all over the country, or are you pretty pretty content to be a little closer to home most of the time? Um, I, I like to be at home. Um, you know, I, I have a I have a ten year old son and a lovely wife, so. Uh, I like being at home. I definitely miss playing shows, especially now that the pandemic is kind of in our in our rearview mirror. Like I'd like, I, I want to start getting back out and playing a lot more. When did you? There's your dog. Your dog wants to go out. Also, what? Uh, 
When did you say that show was at the donut shop? Voodoo Donut? It's on it's on Halloween. It's on the 31st. Oh, unfortunately, we'll, this will, will not be out by then. Okay. But the record comes Oh, that's in five days. Holy the shit. record comes out Friday the 28th, which will also yeah. be passed. But by the time you hear this, everybody should check out the new Oxy's record. You guys can do all the social media stuff, I assume. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, we already have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, or whatever bullshit's out there. Oh. I, I think we're on all of it. Um, like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll be dropping a video. I think it, it comes out the first week in November. So. Maybe we should play another song, I think. Don't maybe you think? we should. And then we'll ask him a few of those questions that always make the artists uncomfortable, and then maybe we'll let him go have his dinner or whatever he wants to go do. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Um, which song should we play? Should we play Motel Hell or Ticking Time Bomb? What do you think? Uh, let's play Ticking Time Bomb. That's actually the first song off of our second record that won't be out until after the turn of the year. Holy shit, so you've recorded two records so you, already. So you're okay. already done? You just... Both yeah, we have a, we have another album sitting there. It took 15 months to get the first one out because of the supply chain at the oh record, yeah yeah the vinyl the pressing stuff. plants. Yep. Yeah, it sucks. All right, this is the Oxys with a ticking time bomb.
All right, the Oxys there with Ticket That is Combo, a real premiere, you, right? Boy. Yeah, which you won't be able to yeah, get for like another year and a half. <laughs> that is a true premiere. You can actually yeah. get that song on our Bandcamp page. That's the oh, only song. Okay, I was going to say, I hope, I hope, that, I hope, I hope uh, your label's not going to be pissed at us. But Okay, cool. No, there is no label for that one yet. I haven't even started shopping it. Oh, okay. Um, coolest, nicest band that you tour with that you enjoyed their company so much on tour? The coolest, nicest band I've toured with? That you enjoy their company on tour. Like if you, you, the band you'd love to go back on tour with again. Um, they were all dicks, Neil. Oh, they it. were all dicks. I'm trying to. Think. Well, no, that's the question I'm looking forward to. No, that's to the next. next question. Yeah. Yeah, biggest dick out there. Yeah. Not um, if I could tour with any band, it would probably be with the Ravagers. Do you know? Oh, do you know nice. those guys? Yeah. yeah, I'm friends with those guys. So uh, they're super nice. I love those guys. Alex's been to my house the last couple of months a few times. So we had a, yeah, he was we on, had Alex on. He was on the show a while back. Uh, yeah. I got to tell you, their record, I mean, I, I don't want to rank them yet but because the year's not over. But if that record, there's no way that record is not going to be in my top couple of records of the year. That that record they put yeah, out is so good, sure. man. It's so Alex good. did the Alex did the singer did the cover art for this record that's coming out. That's sweet. You know, I I think he did the Poison Boys too, Neil. He did. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of cool, man, because there's like this and I don't know if it's always been there and we just weren't really tapped into it or what, but man, a lot of great like punk and roll this year. It's been a good year for that style of music. I don't know if it's like a revival. I don't, like I said, I don't know if it's kind of having a revival or if I just started noticing it again. But man, a lot of great records like that. That Poison Bear record, yeah, we've too. and we've had a lot of them on the we show, have. which is yeah. good too, right? Yeah. So that would be cool. No, I see, I see that being a good fit. That'd be a great. That'd be a great show. Well, okay, who's the band you never want to tour with again? Not counting anything to do with these old punk rockers. I mean, is there a band that you just just did not hit it off with? That you're not afraid to like squash your career by mentioning. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah man, I, I really don't like throwing anyone under the bus like this, <laughs> but I doubt they'll probably tune in for my podcast. Um, probably. I probably Murder City Devils. Okay. If I had to pick one, like I just didn't. I never. I never got it. Like, is that the band that played that played punk rock bowling last year? Neil has like a keyboard player and. Yeah, my, I do believe so. Garage, yes. yeah, it's kind of a little bit of soul thing. Yeah, it, it didn't do much for me either. I, I like their Are early they... albums, but uh, Swamp Ass played live with them, and I was just like, I, it was such bubble gum. Like, I didn't get it. Just it, wasn't for you, huh? It so, was lost on me. And they, I guess they weren't they weren't rude or mean or anything like that. I just didn't care for it. So, and I, the... I know people lose their shit over it and everything, and that's great, but. I, I know do it for me. One of the shows that Jake loves to talk about, and I don't remember where it was, but he never got to meet him or anything. But he said you guys played. I think it was you guys played with Iggy Pop one time, and he was sort of starstruck. Was that was that Swamp Ass? He's totally making that up. <laughs> he said, but he said he never met. Like there was no contact between the bands at all or anything. But like he, they, you guys shared the stage with Iggy Pop, right? Yeah, I, I, I don't recall any of that. I think he's making that up or something. All right. There you go, Jake. He Jake, he also told us off off air that you were the one guy who would never tour with you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. 
So I, it's actually okay, so, funny because if we did play with Iggy Pop, um, Pete Marshall would have been in the band at that time. And so I, I reconnected with him after years uh, when I was touring with Cheetah because he would actually tour with Cheetah or play shows with Cheetah as well. Huh. Um, yeah, the band at that time, it was Pete Marshall playing bass with Iggy and um, Whitey was playing guitar. It was like the Avenue B era, like around 2000 or whatever. Yeah, that would have been the time frame, right? Huh. All right, yeah. you don't remember that at all. Boy, that's funny that the highlight of his life you don't remember. Yeah. It's blurry. It's blurry <laughs> back then. Yeah. Less blurry now? Yeah, a lot less blurry. Is it? For sure. Well, that's good, I guess. But so if so if Cheetah called you tomorrow and said, "Come on tour as with the Dead Boys again," would you do it or would you not do it? No, I would not do it. You would not no. do it. Okay. How how did it make you feel at the flyer on the latest tour? They still had your yeah, picture. Yeah, that's there. a little weird. Right? <laughs> that was fucking weird, right? I, you know, I saw a lot of that, and uh, I mean, I, I saw a lot of it, but not only did I see it, I had people contacting me, writing me, texting me. Hey, I see you're coming to town, blah, 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 this and that. And I was just like, um, the only feelings I had about that were uh, maybe you should have told the venues that you were playing that it was a different band. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, that's that's all I thought about it. I mean, I didn't care enough to like contact anyone and be like, hey, take me off your poster. Yeah. Uh, well, it is pretty amazing that they can't afford to have new publicity shots done. And, <laughs> well, and... and the, you saw that band? Would you want to have pictures well, with that, and, those guys? <laughs> well, it, and, but also, it appears that... I, and I don't know what it was. I, I don't remember who told us, but it seems like Blitz might still own the name or something. So there's some, like, legal wrangling going on. And there's... there's uh, I don't know. I don't know that anybody can really afford lawyers, and I don't think there's that much money going around that it's going to be a huge thing. But it, it seems like it's pretty messy. Like, like it's going to be like Ario Speedwagon. There's going to be like three different versions of the Dead it, Boys tour or something. I, I don't. That's not going to happen. I think, from what I understand or what I've been told, um, or what I've seen on the internet, like there's a Dead Boys trademark page, and I think that that's Jimmy Zero's page. Oh, really? Yeah, and that's the one saying, hey, we issued a cease and desist or whatever. As far as who owns it, I, th I think Cheetah's got the uh, performance rights to the name. Well, he seems like, I hate but, to say it, but he but seems like someone told me he was him. only selling Cheetah Chrome t-shirts. Yeah, there was the no Dead Boys merch of any kind at the tour. Nope. Which None, is not how much thing. money are you leaving on the table? That's crazy, man. All you gotta so, do is make a crappy T-shirt with the first album cover, and you could sell a million of them. Yeah. So apparently, maybe he doesn't have the. In According to the website that I saw, like I said, which is you guys probably saw the same thing. It, it just said that she didn't have the intellectual property rights. So I'm guessing he couldn't sell the T-shirts, but he could perform the music. Gotcha. And I think I think more than anything, you know. With the whole cease and desist issue, I, I mean, maybe those guys just feel like she just tarnishing the name a little bit. I don't know. A little bit of Jerry only action going on there. Yeah. Dragging it through the mud. 
Yeah, I, I could, I could see that. I, I yeah, it, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a lose lose situation. Like I said, it's not like there's so much money involved that there's going to be a lot of lawyer action because there's just not enough, not enough money it, going around. It definitely seems like a pride thing as opposed to a money thing to me because there's no money there. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, no one's going to go out and pay an attorney to deal with that situation. You know, it's funny. You were talking earlier about how you never opened a record you played on. How, how many records you played on, dude? Do you have any idea? I mean, you, could you even tell me? Or is it like tattoos? Like, I don't know a lot. Like, I mean, can you do you know how many records you played on? Um, Not right offhand. I mean, maybe 14 or 15. Hmm. And I, I mean... As far as like you. records that I, I mean I don't know I I play on records all the time for people, you know people will say hey do you want to play a solo on this or hey do you want to play on that and I'll I'll do it and send it back to them or something. What's the thing you've done that you're most proud of? Like if you had to have one song, like if you got a fancy grave like Johnny Ramone, um, what and you could one song that you played on could play constantly while people came and threw cigarettes or whatever at your grave what what is it what's the one song you want to be remembered for that you wrote it's probably a new song i wrote and it's called geezer pleaser <laughs> that's funny okay is that the new record? <laughs> it's a winner well yeah yeah so um the oxys are are almost done with the third record right now Wow, you you get you got one coming out in a couple days here one uh-huh. will be out by the time you hear this so everybody go check out the and it's on Deadbeat Records, which is out of where? Where's that label? Out of? Cleveland. Cleveland. Great yeah. punk and roll label. Uh, so everybody check that out. But there's two more, one more done, right? And then another one, not far behind. Yeah, I mean we're we're in planning on going in and recording the new ones very soon. Oh, oh, so the second one isn't recorded. No, it's the just... second one's done. It's mastered already. Okay, so the third one you're ready to get working on. Yeah, we. I mean, we write it. We write a lot. Right, 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 right. That's like the old days, though. People used to crank out records. Now it's like this. Ten years between record stuff is not so good. You know, it's kind of killing me that, uh, you know, the the publicists we're working with. She, you know, I was talking to her, and she's like, you know, you really should just do like singles and videos now. That's what everyone's doing, and it like yeah. kind of breaks my heart that yeah, because we grew no up one cares about full records anymore. Yeah, I know it is sad. Yeah, because that, that's that's part of it for us is like we'll demo 50 to 70 songs for a record. Wow. And then only pick 10 of them, you know, but like there there are songs that I that, that I feel like maybe were the strongest albums of the first batch for our first record, but they didn't make the record because they didn't work in the sequence of songs, you know, hmm. like I just didn't. When, when I sequence the songs, I try to take everything into uh, consideration, you know, like h- how does the flow of the songs work? Yep, and yep, there were absolutely. some really good songs in the first batch that didn't make the first album because I just really couldn't find a place for them in the sequence of the album. Huh. Yeah, that's kind of a lost art. Yeah, these kids don't, I don't think, appreciate that. But no, Neil and I talk about that all the time, right, buddy? We listen to, yeah, we used to listen to an album start to finish. Right, it's like oh, yeah. when when we did these first three records, like, like if we stream, we listen to an album start to finish, and my kids are just like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Just shut up." Listen yeah, to the record. That, that's what we're trying to do, you know. With with our albums, our first and second one, I'm like, I'm trying to make a good front to back album, you know. I'm not trying to stack a bunch of filler in here. 
Sure. Uh, or even a bunch of singles. You know, there's more to a, you know, you, everything doesn't need to be a single. You need the kind of substantial sort of deep tracks to make a good record. Yeah, there there are there are songs on the first record where you know, I, I could see that in twenty years being considered a deep cut because it's 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 not a single. It's a B side, but it's like it's necessary, you know? With yeah. the flow of the record, it's just necessary. Well, with the amount of songs you guys are demoing for your records, the uh, box set of rarities is going to be a real, uh, like a 16, <laughs> no shit. 16 LP. Like uh, It's going to yeah. be like a Grateful Dead, a season of Grateful Dead concerts. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's that's really was my goal with this band is because, like you guys kind of said at the beginning of the show, you're like, well, this guy's not super well known, but he's played with all these people. It's like, uh, hey, I didn't say it with that. I didn't say it with that tone in my voice, so so demeaning. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should have said it with your that no, tone no, no, voice. No, well, like I said, from from the outside looking in, dude, you've done some really really cool stuff. You shouldn't sell yourself short. I mean, I mean, most bands don't make it. You know what I mean? Right? Like, yeah. Make it. I mean, what is yeah. what is that? Well, make it well, you, means you never have to work. You know, you probably have well, to go to some crappy job. You know, that's the difference, right? You know, my crappy job right now is I do independent independent audio contracting. Oh, so that's not too crappy. That's no, cool. it's not too bad. I mean, I, I go to corporate gigs and I set up their PA and their LED hey. screens and Oh, that's cool. Put on their their lavalier mics. So you're 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 the rare, listen. You're the rare musician actually making uh you're actually making a living in music in the music business. That in itself is sort of a miracle. Yeah. Right? Well, it's more corporate AV business than music, but uh, it gets me out of the house. Like I don't sure. do well if I'm stuck in my house for long periods of time. Well, and, and I know, and I know from working corporate myself that that can pay really, really well. well too, and if right? he gets stuck in his house, he might accidentally write thirteen or fourteen new songs. <laughs> he writes six more. Albums. Well, right. It's like I go, I, I, I go out every once in a while. I'll go out and work a rock and roll gig. You know, like not too long ago, I got to work, uh, work the Who. Holy so shit, I got to work with dude. the Who, and I got to assist uh, Pete Townsend's guitar tech all night, and that was pretty awesome. Um, how was Pete Townsend? Did you know? <laughs> oh my! What a what a train wreck! Those old guys are such divas. Oh. <laughs> Excellent! Come on, let's let's hear this one. This sounds this one's gonna be good. No, it was just dur during sound check is when it started. So they're doing a sound check, and I can't remember what what even song it was they were playing. And Pete Townsend's doing a guitar solo, and all at once he kind of looks up and looks at Roger Daltrey. And just drops his guitar. The whole band comes to a screeching halt. I think Ringo, Ringo Starr's kid was playing drums for them. That was yeah, Zach. Yeah, yeah, uh, Zach, yeah, Zach Starr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He he's there. Uh, the whole cast of characters there. And he Pete Townsend dro he drops his guitar and just looks at Roger Daltrey. The whole band had stopped and it's just silence in the place. And and Roger kind of says to him in a voice loud enough that I'm standing close enough I can hear him. He's like, "Why the sour face, Roger? Why the sick look on your face? Every time I play a guitar solo, it's the sick look on your face." And he just starts going off on this tangent. <laughs> and Roger Daldry did have a funny look on his face, but that's because 
he couldn't hear what was coming out of his monitor. It had yeah, nothing yeah. to do with Pete Townsend's guitar. And he, he just he couldn't hear his acoustic guitar coming out of his monitor. But Pete Townsend made it into something completely that it was not. And the sound check was over at that point. And I remember Roger Daltrey, he was trying to be cool about it, but Townsend was just going off. They were going back and forth. And he walked right past me and another guy. We were standing there, and he just looked at me, and he goes, Welcome to The Who. Like, stormed away. <laughs> You've only been doing it for 60 years. So, there you go. You could be the guy behind the curtain playing the rhythm guitar. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So that that was, you know, that's a pretty cool experience. But uh, I'm just saying rock and roll gigs don't pay the bills. But that, that's pretty that was... cool. I mean, if, if you're normally just setting up, like, video screens so doctors can show pictures of, you know, infected genitals, it's cool to, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. gig, you know, being a guitar tech for the Who once in a while, right? Yeah, it's like every once in a while you have to go do a fun one. Like, I even worked, yeah. worked this shitty Machine Gun Kelly show not too long ago. Ugh. Just so I could get in that helico- helicopter he has that flies around the arena. Ugh. He's the face of pop punk, they say. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Kill me yeah, now. White rappers are the best. They're Absolutely the best. terrible. Yeah. I saw him one time with my daughter, many, well, quite a few years ago, but he was already starting to pick up the guitar and not do the rap thing and it was really really awful yeah hmm huh i saw the eagles i did the i did the eagles gig Ooh, not too which, long which ago was, which was worse machine gun kelly or the eagles it's gotta be close <laughs> um the eagles are probably one of my least favorite bands of all time yeah they're not too good i, I just i can't i can't do it yeah but it, you know a few of the hits i could probably hum along but yeah i, I agree not my not my thing Okay, which is worse? Which is worse? The Eagles or Supertramp? Oof. Guess Oof. if I had to there pick, you go. Boy, I'd go see the Eagles just because it's more expensive. <laughs> a pro- probably, yeah, so- probably Supertramp just because I've heard it less. Hmm. Yeah, they're, they're my most hated band. Of- Actually, no, Steely Dan is my most hated band. Of- oh, oh, yeah, yeah. The last second. The logical song is a solid song. I don't care what name it is. Dude, says. you are mental. Don't even say Send that. We'll have to away, stop the podcast right now. Be cynical. Come on, <laughs> no, dude. It's a good see? song, man. See, that's like nails on a fucking chokehold. To me. <laughs> I mean, it, oh, as God. far as uh, class, uh, you know what? Central Illinois ruined a lot of classic rock for me. There you you go. know, I don't yeah. ever want to hear Foreigner. I don't ever want to hear Boston. Uh, yeah, what a good a good Kansas song. How's that? Yeah, Kansas. Same same <laughs> thing. Isn't that the same band? Yeah, anything anything with a ge- geographical name, you can pretty much yeah stick them all in the blender. Although at, at some point it did cross my mind. You know, I told you I did the Halloween uh, the Halloween tribute with the Dead Boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah. briefly crossed my mind to do Boston, but call it Austin. <laughs> there you go. It, it probably, I, I thought it was funny for like a half a second. <laughs> yeah, and then you realize you'd have to play more than a feeling. So yep. can I ask you guys a couple questions? Of course. So you guys said, well, we're up around 200 podcasts? Yes, sir. So who are who are some of the more memorable podcasts that, that you guys have done? Uh, Fame-wise, probably Glenn Matlock. He would probably be. He was pretty big. Yeah, there. that's a good one. Yeah, we had Steve Zing. Yeah. We had Steve Zing from Danzig, who I know is kind of a little bit off the beaten path, but he was he was cool. Um, yeah, we had T- TV Smith from the adverts. Um, 
One of the we've had you know the ones who were most wild. One of them was like Rick Sims from the Digits. Man, that was he was yeah a, that was episode was seventeen. Insane. That was that was probably a, yeah. Rick was great actually. Rick reminded me of you a lot because he's played quite a part from the Digits and the bands he's been in. He's also like he did a session thing with Fred Schneider from the B fifty twos. So I'd like to. I, I would of, actually like to ask Rick a bunch of questions about the Fred Schneider. Well, he he went he went in great detail about that, and he had some crazy stories. Like somehow he was in charge of one of uh, John Lennon's sons for the night or something. Tom, do you remember yeah, that story? Something or he met Yoko Ono or something. Yeah, I don't remember, but it yeah. was yeah. And he had to he had to take care of Sean Lennon for the night or something. Huh. Something fucking crazy. So yeah, he, he had quit some adventures. The reason yes, I ask about did. the Fred Schneider album is because I. I was I had I was talking to one of the guys in Junkyard, Tim Mosher. He's a guitar player in Junkyard. Hmm. And he was telling me that he's got a bunch of songwriting credits from that album that Rick played on with Fred Schneider. So hmm. I had but the thing is is like some of those songs to me when I hear them, I mean you can hear Rick all over it. You know what I mean? I have never yeah, yeah. I, I've never heard I must admit I've never heard the Fred Schneider solo album. Oh, you've you've heard "Monster in My Pants." I know you have. Is that seriously one of the songs? <laughs> it was like it a Ted Nugent yes. song. No, I haven't heard that one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that I is. Mean, one. I mean, I <laughs> guess that, that, I that was all over that, MTV. Actually, that was all over MTV for a while. That's. Uh, I'm gonna Google that, yeah. and I'm gonna start getting all kinds of weird, yeah. freaking gay <laughs> porno ads on my Google. How long ago did you guys have Rick on? Um, it was episode seventeen. Pushing it was probably almost three yeah. Years it was probably our first real. Uh, it was probably our first real guest, right? Yeah. That wasn't just one of our uh, B A. B A. And then Rick. Those were our first. Two. Oh, B A. Was on before Rick. Yeah. Okay, yeah. We had B A. From Sloppy Seconds. Those are our first two like legit guests. Yes. Yeah. Not counting Ricky Frankel. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so exactly. Sloppy else? Seconds. Else, You're going to be at Sloppy Seconds, right? Yep. That's. I might. I might. I might have to bounce by there. Well, if you see two big bald guys, that'll be me and my buddy. All right. Um, yeah, like I said, I think we're going to go see me first in the Gimme Gimme's on Friday night. And where did you say that was? At the Far yeah. Out Club? Yeah. Okay. What's uh? So where do we have to go if we're in town? Because I've never been to – I've been to Texas a couple times. I've never been in Austin. I mean, like as the tourist, I don't want to go to just the douchey tourist places. But, you know, what's the place? As a guy who's lived there for quite a while now, what do I need – where do I need to eat? Where do I need to go? Where do you drink? Okay, well, without a doubt, you need to go to a place called Casino El Camino. Okay. Down on 6th Street. Okay. They have the best burgers in town. Nice. They have the best Bloody Mary in town. Mm. They have the best jukebox in town. Mm. Small dive bar, awesome. I should be ready so, right. Yeah, Casino El Camino is, Casino is El Camino. A, okay. um, a must. Must hop. Do you play pinball? Um, I, not really, not, not okay. in any kind of serious capacity. There's a really cool pinball place here called pinballs, of course. Um, you ever do like the gospel brunch? No, I don't do brunches. Okay. I don't really either, but I was just curious. Cause I know that's kind of a thing. I've never done one, but I thought about it. Um, there's Barton Creek. Like people go swim there all the time. Springs <laughs> out there. Um, well, that's the thing. he's gonna see those crazy. They're always bats and stuff, well, right? The thing, they come from like, underneath the bridge and shit, right? This weekend, but it's funny. Yeah, the bat, they have bats. 
Um, but the, you know, so like being a Michigander, it's like in the fifties right now. So like to go there in the low eighties, it's going to be like tropical for us. So we might just hang by the pool for a little bit. We'll see. See how it goes. The, um, the, the bats are awesome. Are they, that's like downtown, right? Con- Congress street bridge. Cool. It's, uh, just on the South side of downtown. It's incredible though. Like you'll see the bats will start coming out from underneath the bridge and you'll see thousands of them. And you'll be like, oh, this is really cool for, you know, three or four minutes. But then then they don't stop coming out (laughs) the next hour. It's like these bats are boring now. I'm leaving. And the 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 entire sky is just, it's a shadow. Okay. Because there's so many bats. It's insane. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I saw one of of the things is like this bat slash haunted Austin tour. But I don't know. We might do that. We'll see. If if you if you really want to get into the bat thing, I suggest going there early and renting a kayak and actually going under the bridge and watch them fly out. Wow, you see me doing that, Neil? No, I don't see Tom, I don't see Tom and Tom and Cheryl in a kayak. I mean, that's really I adventurous, that. but it's it is something. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what. I'm looking forward to it. We're looking forward to getting away. Like I said, we could use a little little R and R and weather's. Like I said, it's not supposed to be a super nice weekend by by Texas standards, but it's going to be much nicer than it is up here. Yeah, but it's, yeah, been, sure. it's been cool down here at night lately. It's been nice. But, yeah, like I said, we will be, I think, at a show Friday and Saturday night. Dude, if you uh, get a chance to stop by and say hello, that'd be that'd be amazing. Yeah, I, I should come down there. I know I know a lot of the guys playing on that bill, uh, playing before Sloppy Seconds. I can't remember who's playing with Sloppy. I know that – the Me First and the Gimme 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 show is a band called Surfboard Opening, which I really don't care much about. And then there's a local like two-piece band maybe that seems like they're making the Black Tones or something like that or some. Wait, is sur- Surfboard's on that Me First and the Gimme Gimme's bill? Yeah, they're like, they're Weird. the touring they're touring support. I didn't and know I, I didn't know they were out with them. I think this is like a local opener. So anyway, I think that that the Me First and the Gimme Gimme's thing, my buddy is really big into him, and that's sort of like. Like something our wives will enjoy, as opposed to Sloppy Seconds, where they sort of enjoy watching us, but I don't know that they enjoy the band that much. So right, right. But that's all right. It's only like our twentieth time seeing them. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So anyway, all right. Listen, what, what, what do we do? We miss anything, Neil? Or should we let this guy? No, go but I, no, but yeah. Watch how professional I am here. Hey, Tom. Yes. Wherever you stay in Austin, let's hope that you don't stay in Motel Hell. Ooh, that is a real right, that's Jason? a real smooth segue there. So tell us, a, yeah, tell us about Motel Hell. Is it about Baltimore? <laughs> I, you know, I that's another one. I didn't write the lyrics for that. Our, ah, shit. our singer insists that it's not about the movie, but I'm, uh, I'm a little perplexed movie, by yeah. that. I'm like, how do you write that song not about that movie? So. I don't know. That movie wasn't that memorable, dude. I hope the song's more memorable than the movie. I well, let's give it. Let's give it a listen. Yeah, yeah. do it. You like the movie? Let's see. You a fan of that? You a fan of that cheesy horror movie? I've never seen it. I have, but it's I don't been think. A while. I don't think. Anyway, all right. All right. Uh, Oxys, Oxys with Motel Hell. Last one tonight, I think.
what? That was the Oxys with Motel Hell. So, so that's from the record that's coming out in a couple days, or that's from the one that's coming out in a couple of years? That is the one that's coming out <laughs> on the 28th of October. It's 28th of October. It will be out. Okay. It will be out by the time you hear this. So yes. check it out on, you know, wherever you stream music and uh, or Deadbeat Records. Um, Are they ready to ship? I mean, is Dead, Deadbeat record, Records ready to ship, or is it one of those, like, vinyl delivery 2027? No, they're they're ready to ship. He sent he uh, he sent me my personal copies today. Excellent. So it's the and what is um what is the album called again? The album is called A Date with the Oxys. A date with a the date Oxys. with the Oxys. Dude, if I if I had a if I had a, a car while I was down in Austin, which I know I don't think we're gonna we're not planning on getting a car. We're just gonna Uber around. I would uh, just Uber over to your house and just, or I would just drive over to your house and buy the record from you and save shipping because I'm a cheap half half Hollander. But uh, that's all right. Next time, uh, I so I can I can bring you one Saturday. Probably I'll tell you what, man. If you come by Saturday, you bring me one. I'll buy one from you. All right. Sloppy seconds are playing with. Is there bad, shitty advice? Is that a? Do you know them? Shit, there's shitty advices on that bill, and Thirteenth uh, Victim is playing on that bill. And Worm Suicide. Worm Suicide's playing on that bill, yes. Yeah. The best. Do you know those guys? Yeah, I know all those guys. My yes. wife loves it go. when I buy a record and hand it to her, and then I get a beer and go up front. Hey, baby, hold on to this. <laughs> what an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> well, listen, man, I don't want to get my corners all dinged up. I already got to take it home in a big big airplane, you know? That's true. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. I don't want to be holding it. For too all right. Long. Anyway, Punk Till I Die 77 at Gmail, Punk Till I Die Podcast, Punk Till I Die Podcast Group on those fascist Facebook, which I am still having a partial ban, Neil. You up asshole. Because somebody what asked me what doing? my favorite Dead Kennedy song was, and I said, let's lynch the landlord. So I got, you got 24 hours straight ban, and I'm restricted for a month. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That'll uh, the, the, they're keeping us safe, Jason. They're keeping us. Facebook is keeping us very safe. I, every time I've, I've, I've had, I've used the word bomb and I've used the word lynch and I think I've used the word shoot and they keep and it's clearly in a like a funny context. Uh-huh. And they keep they keep banning me. They have no sense of humor. <laughs> so anyway, if if people noticed, I'm not, not very present, which I'm never very present. It's because I'm another partial ban. Hey, do you guys have any uh, listening advice for me? I'm always cruising new records. You guys heard anything I need to hear? So you already heard the Ravagers record. That's amazing, right? You hear, hear the Poison Boys record yet? That's great, too. I think it'll be right up your alley. No, I, I heard. I think I heard like a 7-inch from them, maybe. Yep, they got a, yeah, they're, they're on vinyl. They have a new album out this year. It's really, really yeah, good. Really and if you haven't heard the Susie Moon album, you should listen to the Susie Moon album, too. I've heard the Susie Moon album. There's another. There's another Baltimore band... That's much heavier. Might be a little more aggressive than what you like. They're kind of a hardcore band. They're called Meth Rats, and I think they're real cool too. If you get a chance, I've to seen that band. name. I haven't heard it. Yeah, they're real cool. I'm trying to think what else I've been. That two piece band that we had the guy on a couple years ago, Neil. I think the uh, New Rocket New Union. Rocket that Union. record's really good. Union. I mean, it's yeah, it's enough. It's not like the best year ever for records, but there's definitely like when I sit down, when we sit down to try to knock out our top ten list, there's definitely be some good records that don't make the top ten. Have you guys checked out what? that? Have you checked out that band from Australia called Clowns? Oh Neil yeah, loves love them. Cl- I'm not super clowns. into them. They, they're a little too brilliant. fat, wrecky for me. I like I like that band. They're they're cool. I like that last Wildlife record too. I guess I should listen yeah. a little more. I I, I don't know because there's a couple of them. I'm struggling with the Australian stuff. Like I like that. Like the chats, like when they first came out with like the Alpha Smoko thing, I thought that was great. But I've kind of lost interest in them, and I never 
like aim on the sniffers that we've had this conversation about. I just, it just doesn't feel legit to me. I just, I'm not getting it. I see their high energy. The songs are energetic. They've got a good amount of bombast, but I'm not connecting. I, I think maybe it's, I'm, I'm, I have like an anti Australia bias or something. I've, seen, I I've <laughs> seen them several times. Which one? Uh, over the years. Amel? And I, I never envisioned that they would blow up like they did. No? Right. Who's that, Amel? Or yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm glad better. they did. I'm glad the kids are listening to that. That's don't great. you think they're better live than on the? I think they're better live than on the record, though, right? No, they're, no, they're much better on the are record they? than they are live. I told you, I thought they were very dull live. Yeah, but you, I don't know, you were already pissed off about something else. I was already pissed off, yeah, from Bob Villain. That really pissed me off. But, but I, I, uh, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not connecting with the Australian thing. I don't know what it is. I like Foster's. Don't like those convicts. He just don't like the convicts. I like Foster's. Those giant cans of beer. Remember those, Neil? Those were good. <laughs> well, no, no one in Australia drinks fucking Foster's. And dude. nobody in Mexico you. drinks Corona. What are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? It's pretty funny. All right. Yeah. Well, I well I tell you what, Jason. For for a kid from small town, fucking Sullivan, Illinois, you've done all right for yourself. Well, thank you. It's pretty crazy, man. It's crazy. And it was it was all good. It was good to legends. meet you, man. Jake's told yeah. Jake's told us about your legend, and what'll happen now? I figure. Is Jake will start telling us a bunch more stories, and we'll take a bunch more notes, and that way, when your second and third record comes out, we'll have a whole new batch of stories. Turns out you played with a whole bunch of other people that we didn't even get to this time around. So, and you know, and if you do want to listen to something, um, I'm not going to tell you to listen to all of <laughs> all 199 episodes of our podcast. But if you want a good laugh, listen to episode 17, which is the Rick, the Rick Sims is episode. Very funny, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's great. It's he he's a great guest, um, sarcastic because we you know we lived in the same house down in Champagne and stuff, so we know each other a little bit. Uh-huh. And he was he was ragging on me the whole time, but it's fine. It's, he was a great guest, a lot of good stuff. Such a great songwriter that one. Yep, yep, amazing. Yep, he was good. As a matter yes. of fact, I'm hoping they were supposed to be doing like a double LP retrospective on. Oh, what's the label? You know, what's the classic? Touch and, and go. go, touch and go. They're supposed touch to be doing go, a double yeah. disc, yeah, double disc retrospective. But I think, like everything else, it kind of got held back. So maybe we'll have him again, so that he and I can take turns picking on Neil. It's good times. Oh, do you do you know do you know the Black Halos? I assume you do, right? Yeah, I, I know who the Black Halos are. Yeah, because we've had Billy Hopeless on before too. He was a good guy. Oh, but that was interesting. I can't. It was. I can't even think. I, I can't even. When you just, add, I mean, you just like it's just like when we put people on the spot, which we love to do, like trying to think of them because we we've had some that were just uproariously funny and people. Who were was like, the guy from Guar? Who was the guy from Todd Guar Evans that we had from on? Guar was great. Todd Evans, yeah, um, yeah. The Cretan from uh, Diggle Abortions. Oh god. That was an awesome just lots episode. Of, <laughs> you know, just lots of lots of fun. We always, honestly, do we always have fun? Very rare is the episode we don't have fun. You can count, honestly, you can count the episodes on one hand where we don't have fun. Did you guys happen right. to catch DOA on this last tour? No, I haven't seen them for about ten years. I bet. Bulimics played with them, and I thought they were fucking great. DOA is still pretty good, man. Joe has got it together for a guy who's once again, you know, like retirement age. Didn't they just release a new album today? Didn't I see that today? Uh, that they just they, I mean, they, they put out an album every two years. They are like, they just keep cranking them out. I don't know anybody cares, but they keep putting them out. Huh. And they just got announced. They just got announced for Rebellion, too. Oh, oh, we nice. have to do that, you know, I haven't looked at that lineup yet. We might have to do that. Get, we'll see. Yeah, it's getting better by the day. Got, Rizzillo's and DOA got announced. Got to count today. my pennies. <laughs> anyway, yep. all right. I got to pee really bad. Jason, it was super nice to meet you, man. Thanks for, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. We enjoyed it very much. Yeah, thanks for hanging with us. My yeah, friend. thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And we will uh, reach out when uh, this goes to the public. Right on. And, yes. and we managed to talk about some things without getting ourselves in any trouble, which I like. <laughs> yeah, not too much trouble anyway. Well, yes. anyway. Yep. All right. So, Neil. 
keep a little mark in your heart, everybody, uh, and stay free. We'll you later. Bye bye, everybody. Okay, that brings us to the end of another show. Hope you enjoyed it. Remember, keep a little mark in your heart, and we'll be back the same mark time, same mark channel. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Ah, ever get the feeling you've been cheated? Good night. What a fucking rotter. What a load of old shit!